One percenters, you are in for a absolute treat today. We have the first ever dual podcast with my host, Ray McCullum. You know Ray from his NBA career and being on the One Percenter podcast previously as a guest. But what you do not know about Ray is that he's a very talented host as well, as you will find out. Ray and I are going to do a series of podcasts together with NBA players to take a deep dive inside their minds. What motivates them? What are their routines and habits? How did they get to the world-class level they are at? And much, much more. Our first guest is none other than someone who I consider a younger brother to me, Utah Jazz point guard Nigel Williams-Goss. Nigel has taken the unconventional route to get to where he is today. Dramatic life changes that have shaped him and allowed him to grow. Nothing has been given to Nigel, but as you will find out, he wouldn't want it any other way. We dissect everything that makes Nigel tick and what makes him the NBA one percenter he is. So one percenters, get ready. Buckle up, because here we go. Off, man. We got we got Ray McCollum on the other side of this one percenter podcast. My guest host for the day. And Nigel Williams Goss here on the podcast, the one percenter podcast. And man, Nigel, you are the the epitome of one percenter, man. Like when I think about you, when I think about you, the word that comes to my mind is consistency. Like consistency yeah. as you putting in your daily work and just consistency as you as a person. Like it, yeah, you and Ray man. remind me a lot of each other in that in that sense. Well, for sure. One, man, I appreciate it because that's definitely something that, uh, you know, I strive for and something I think, uh, you know, in all aspects of life, I feel like if, if you can respect anything, you can respect someone who's consistent. You know what I mean? Whether Absolutely. funny or, you know, they're quiet or they're a hard worker or, you know, even if, you know, honestly, even if they, you know, a little bit of an asshole, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. as long if they consistent, you can deal with it. You yeah. know what I mean? But like, it's the, it's the people that, that are, you know, just so up and down that that's kind of tough. So, uh, no, I appreciate that for real. Yeah. So what has been like, how have you developed that? What was it just from a young age or what did you, when did you decide like, man, this is what I want to do. And I'm just going to do something every single day to take a step towards it. Yeah. I think, um, honestly, I think it was just, uh, you know, it was a drive that was just, you know, given to me by God. Like I never had to, yeah, man. you know, force anything or, uh you know, it was just always innate in me to, you know, want to strive to be the best in everything that I was doing. So um, I was just always locked into my goals and whatever those goals that, were. You know, like, I didn't really like try to very develop. Easy, it was just, you know, you know, I've always very been really easy at like cutting out distractions. And I've been very like, um, and so for me, you know, it was just kind of stuck innate, on something and, was, and I've, I've like easily cut out distractions. So I feel like for me, it's just like when I want something, like I go, you know, I put all my energy and effort into it. And, you know, I never wanted to be like, if if I didn't reach a goal or I didn't get something, I didn't want it to be because of anything I did. You know, I, I, I just didn't want to ever regret anything. Um, and so for me, it's kind of like that fear of regret. You know, I don't want to regret anything. Now, now, Nigel, I got one for you. Uh, you know, not, not many people might not know the journey you, you've gone. You know, mm -hmm. about guys having to go through journeys and, you know, trying to find their path to get to where they want in life. And, you know, I've, I've been following you for a long time since high school. I remember, you, you know, being at Finlay Prep in yeah. Las Vegas, being a McDonald's All-American. And then uh, the first time I think we met was out in, uh, in L.A. Mm -hmm. I think you were at Washington. You were transferring to Gonzaga. You were trying to figure it out. 
Yep. Uh, you know, not, not a lot of people know know that you went through that. Can you kind of talk about just, you know, being a McDonald's All-American top point guard coming out of high school? You know, you think you're going to go to college, maybe be one or one year, one and done, maybe two years max, and then your role is a little different, and then you kind of yeah. try to find a different path, and not only find a different path, you had to go overseas too before you can get back to the NBA. For sure. Now it was, man. It's been, it's definitely been a crazy journey. Um, but honestly, I, I feel like uh, even though like I was at McDonald's and stuff like that, I feel like going into college, like I still didn't have like the hype that some of the other guys had. You know, like I came out with like, you know, the Harrison twins, Andrew and Aaron, um, Andrew Wiggins, Jabari Parker, Aaron Gordon, uh, a lot of guys in my class that were like had a ton of hype. Um, so even though like I was all American and stuff, I just didn't have that same, you know, hype train going into college. So, um, I, I still felt like there was a chip on my shoulder, you know, and it's weird saying that being an all American, but I really did feel that way. Um, and then again, like I said, you know, I I had to go out, I wanted to get out after two years. Um, and then, you know, I feel like once you get to college, you realize that life doesn't go as you always plan it. You know what I mean? And that was like, uh, an eye opener for me. Um, and I came off a, a really good individual season my sophomore year, you know, like, you know, 16 points, you know, six, six and a half assists, um, all these things. But for me, like, I wanted to win at the college level. Like, that was a big goal of mine was to go to the NCAA tournament um, and, you know, and experience the real college atmosphere and, you know, the NCAA tournament and stuff like that. So um, instead of entering the draft and kind of rolling the dice to see where I was at my sophomore year, I, you know, one, I wanted to finish school. Um, and I wanted to get to the tournament. So, um, you know, as I was transferring, I was trying to figure out, you know, what school would give me the best uh, platform to, you know, excel in, in, in the classroom um, as well as try to get to the tournament. And for me, uh, kind of Gonzaga had all those components. And so uh, to kind of look back at it and, and obviously after going to the national championship and uh, becoming an academic All-American as well as a, a basketball All-American. Yeah. Uh, again, it was just one of those goals that, that kind of played out. Um, and then again, life happens again. You know, I go late in the second round um, to a team that had three point guards on the roster at the time. Um, and so I was faced with the decision, you know, do I do I do the G League thing or do I go overseas? Um, and for me, I wanted to give myself options. So I knew if I went to the G League out of college at the end of that first year, I would kind of be in the same position. Is Utah going to sign me or am I going back to the G League? So it's kind of like all or nothing where I knew as if I went overseas and I played well, okay, the Jazz would still be there where I would still ask the question, hey, are you guys going to sign me? But if not, I knew I could get a big pay raise in Europe. Um, and that's kind of, you know, kind of how it played out, you know, after my first year um, that I went EuroLeague. As you know, Ray, we played against each other last year um, to a big-time club in Olympiacos. Um, huge pay raise. Um, and then it really gave me a, a, a lot of leverage to try to get back to the NBA because, you know, the NBA knew they had to come with, with a solidified uh, offer if they wanted me, you know, to bring me back. So uh, it was it, it's, it's definitely been a journey, man, definitely. Man, you know what really stands out to me in that, Nigel, is when you say life happens. It's, yeah. It's like when life happens, people look at it different ways. They either look at it, life happens to me and woe is me or life happens through me. And you, you have a positive mindset in anything that happens. Like, I'm sure you're, when you're at Gonzaga and you're killing it, and you're making it to the NCAA finals, and you're not thinking, hey, man, I'm going to have to go overseas for a few years to prove right. myself. Right, and, right. But the, but the thing is, like, even when you did, and like, when you come back in the off seasons and I see you, it's, it's, 
it's always how am I going to be better that next day? Like you're not you're not yeah. worried about what's going to come. Like you're just so stuck in the moment that you wanted. I remember you said you just want to be the best player in Europe. Like you want to be the best point yeah, guard you can be sure. in Europe. For sure. Like how do you no, keep that think, mindset and not like not not worrying too much about what's coming? Still having your goals oriented, but not worrying too much about it. Honestly, I think that's a that's a multiple multiple answer. One, I, I think it's the circle that you keep around you. Nice. You know, I feel like I, I've always had a really tight knit circle. Uh, you know, my my parents, I got two best friends and I have a fiance. And those five people, um, you know, are, you know, my rock, my everything. Um, and, so and me and Red. Those, you know what I mean? Just having, having those people um, in my corner, you know, keeping me positive. Because there's definitely times, you know, after the draft where I'm hurt. You know what I mean? For sure. I'm like, man, I, like I said, I just went to the national championship. I'm a, I'm a American. Like, there's no way there's 55 players better than me. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know what I mean? And, and again, so that hurts naturally. But you need to have those people in your corner saying, all right, it does. But this is what you got to do. Um, and so at the end of the day, like, I knew going to Europe, I was like, okay, I can complain about not being in the NBA and not getting drafted where I wanted to get drafted. But the NBA is not going to stop for Nigel. You know what I mean? Like, if I really want it, like, now nah, I got to lock in. So, um, yeah, I was 100% invested um, into my European career. Like you said, my goal was to be the best player in Europe. Um, and so anytime I played, I wasn't playing thinking like, oh, man, I'm, I'm not playing the NBA. But I'm doing what I love. and I want to play yeah. at a high level. So uh, I just went out there and hooped, man. Like, when those 40 minutes, man, I was just enjoying myself. And um, I knew kind of, you know, things would take care of itself. No, that's you know, Dean Harris, that's a, that's that's all the truth. You know, I actually ran into Nigel his rookie year over there. He was a partisan. <laughs> yep. Playing Red Star that night and he his team practiced in the same facility and then uh obviously be uh, before we played each other last year. But one one thing, Nigel, is for for guys, especially in your position, or guys who are playing overseas and you know, their focus is really to try to get to the NBA or to get back to the NBA. How do you balance the two? Uh, you know, just focusing on your season in Europe, but at the same time, you know, you have to produce, you know, yeah. how to get back back to the States. Honestly, I think, um, again, I, I always, I, I'm a big believer in, you know, you can't do anything in life without other people. Uh, so again, nice. in that scenario, like I had to lean a lot on my agent. And so what me and my agent did basically was like, through the 10 months I was in Europe, we didn't have one discussion about the NBA. You know, I didn't ask, you know, what was the feedback he was getting? Um, you know, was he talking to teams? Was he talking to Utah? What was it looking like? No conversation. I wanted to be completely locked in and just playing my best in Europe. You know, so we would talk a lot about, you know, if I was struggling with this or that or whatever. But everything was about Europe. And then we would designate, you know, after the season, a time to, to talk and discuss about the NBA. Um, and so for me, that was the biggest thing. And that's what we did after my rookie year. And that's what we did after this last year was during the year, we completely locked into Europe after the season, we would spend some time talking about the NBA and kind of where we stood. Um, and then I went back again overseas, um, and it was kind of the same, same routine. So, uh, I would definitely suggest anyone who's overseas, obviously the goal is to get back to the NBA, but don't worry about that stuff till after the season. It's like playing in college. You know what I'm saying, Ray? Like, you know, I remember, again, when you were at Detroit, like, it's it's tough to be thinking about the NBA when you're still in college. Like, just lock into your season and worry about that stuff, you know, when you're done. Because it's not going to help you. I love that, man. It's it's doing the best in the situation you're given, knowing that, man, you're not, you're not in control of exactly the 
the circumstances around you, but what you are in control of is how well you do in that moment. And that's it. That's just like me and Ray have talked about. That's just preparing for opportunity. And man, it's just, it's a, for sure. it's a mindset you guys both have, but a lot of people don't have. So yeah. like, like speaking on, I mean, you guys been in the NBA and getting there and having the consistency in what you do and who you are. Like, what are some people want to know, like, and in the minds of the best athletes, the best high level performers in the world, like yourselves, like, what are some things that you'll do throughout your day? Do you have any like routines or habits that is like, man, this is this this gets me rolling? Ray, you want you want to touch on that first? Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm a I'm a routine guy. Uh, I mean, when I was in the league, I had a routine every day. Uh, say we had practice around ten, ten thirty. I make sure I get there around 8.30, eat breakfast, get out there, get my shots. I was always one of the younger guys when I was playing, so I had to be out there before practice. Uh, after practice, I get my work in, get my shots up as well. You get out of the facility around, let's say, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock mm-hmm. on some days, go home. I would have my friends out there, my family, playing video games, relaxing, watching TV. Um, you eat dinner around 7, 8, and then... That's kind of much your day. I mean, people think when you're in the NBA, you live a yeah a, cra- a crazy lifestyle, but you you have a lot of free time. You have a lot of downtime, uh, way more than I had when I was coming out of college. You know, you're not taking any classes. You just kind of have a lot of free time. Um, you you just gotta find things that you know that that keep you locked in on the season. The season's long. There's a lot of traveling. You spend a lot of time in a hotel room. Um, I had a young team when I was in Sacramento, so. Uh, we would all hang out a lot. We were all neighbors, so we'd go to each other's houses, play video games. But for the most part, you really locked into the gym. And then, you know, when you're at home, you have your free time, just kind of find some things that can kind of help you get through the day. Man, it's, it's so crazy, man, because, uh, man, both of those points I, I kind of want to touch on. But kind of what Ray said, you know, was like literally if I could have scripted my day yesterday, like that was it. Yeah. Um, yeah, we had practice at 11. Um, I was on the court at 845 with one of the assistant coaches, um, got my work in before practice. Um, like right now I'm, I'm third string, so I'm the third guard on the team. So I'm not getting like a ton of reps during practice. So I know I got to do things, you know, on my own time to, to kind of stay ready. So I was there at 845, first one there, obviously on the court, um, got my work in, had practice after practice, you know, all the guys stay in and, and shoot a little bit after. So I stayed in, um, shot. Uh, we played a little bit of two on two, three on three for guys who weren't getting as many reps. So we played a little bit. Um, and then after that, I'll just do a little extra cardio. Um, I'm real big on staying in shape. So I did a little extra cardio. Um, and then like Ray said, came home, chilled, had dinner. Um, and then, you know, me and one of the other rookies, we went back and just got some spot shots at night. So, uh, almost to the T of what, what Ray said, uh, was, you know, a similar day for me. Um, and it's funny because I just we just had our first road trip like two weeks ago, and um, and I realized how much downtime we had in the hotel. Like, <laughs> man, we were just not nah, seriously like I know, like I mean, because you do like your film and your little practice like that morning, and then you fly to the city and you're there all day basically on your own. Um, and then we did the same thing. We went to from Milwaukee to New Orleans, and it was the exact same thing. So I'm like, man, I got to do something to, like, pass the time. You know what I mean? Um, and so for me, like, I'm actually still taking classes. So I'm working on getting my master's. So, um, like, as soon as I got back from the trip, I, I texted my academic advisor from Gonzaga. And I was like, hey, is there any way I can take, like, an online class? Um, and so I, I got into class. So uh, 
you know, because I'm like, man, I, if I got all this time, man, I need to do something productive. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to just be at the hotel, like, playing video games. Like, I need to do something. So I'm actually going to, you know, take an online class. But um, you do. You have a ton of free time. Good for you, man. Hey, whenever you... Whenever you're done with the NBA, you start a business. Me and Ray will come work for you. We'll be a GM. Right. We'll we, we, we work boys. together. We nah, got the we'll life plan. Man, I love that. From both of you guys, though, it's, it's, it's showing that you're always ready. I mean, you're preparing for the opportunity to come. And like Nigel, like you touched on, being third string, but you're putting in more work than probably anybody there. So when you're time yeah, you comes, got you. Yeah, and Ray did the same thing and, when, and does the same thing. Like we talked about, and your time comes, and then you're ready to kill that opportunity. Instead of looking at it like, Man, it's it's not my time. I'll just wait till I get to be up there. But I mean, you're never going to be up there till when you step on that floor and you're so prepared that they can't take you right. out of the game. And I love right. what you guys talk about too: is just having a support group, having your family, your best friends, your mom and your dad, right? Having your family there, like that's how you set yourself up for success: is the people that you surround yourself. And it's, well, it's yeah, hundred percent. It's just a testament to both who you guys are too, though, as people, not just basketball players, but as people. All right, all right, Nigel. So I was able to see your first preseason game. Blessed to be able yeah. to see you play, man, get the start. Was there ever a right. moment, has there ever been a moment that you're like, man, I'm in the NBA, I've arrived? Or is it is it always just, man, I'm thankful to be here, what's coming next? Got to prepare for what's next. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely, like you said, that for, that first preseason game, you know, when, when you on, you know, you're on the NBA floor in your yeah. NBA jersey uh with your nba teammates you know like you said I, I got to start the first game and i'm on the court with guys that i used to watch playing you know jeff green Boyan bogdanovich like uh you know all these guys i'm like man like this is crazy um but again it is you know you, you have goals obviously the goals you get to the nba um and then you got to set new ones you know so my thing right now is like you know how can i you know, one, be ready for my moment when I do get my chance to, to really get an opportunity to, to play consistently. Um, and, you know, what do I got to do to crack that rotation? So, um, you know, it's a never-ending process. You know, I'm sure the same thing with Ray. Uh, you know, wherever you at, you just – you set new goals. But uh, I'm not going to lie to you, man. Ever since the day I, I signed the deal, like, I wake up every single day. And it's, like, one of the first things I, I think about just because it was such a long journey. Um, and I just, you know, thank God every day that, man, like, my dream is true. Man, that's that's so good because both of you guys have an understanding of how appreciative it is. Instead of it just being given to you guys, nothing nothing was handed to you guys. You guys both you guys both earned it, and that just I mean, I'm sure I'm sure Ray, that's got to just feel like such such more appreciation for it that way. Oh yeah, for sure. And, and you know, one thing that Nigel always talks about is how he's getting his work in, how he's always prepared. He's doing all the things. He knows. He's been overseas. He's 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 gone through yeah. you know everything. So he said, you know, that he's a third guard right now. He's got to get his reps. Nigel, just remember, it can change so fast. The season's so long. Yeah. He's third guard right now, but in, in a month or three weeks, you could be the backup, and then before you know it, you right. can start. So right. you already know. Just always stay ready, stay prepared, like you're doing it. You know, good things are going to come your way this year. Yeah, and no, it's it's crazy, man. Like you said, like. I was just thinking about the other day, like, and again, you, you don't wish it upon anyone, but obviously injuries and stuff are, are part of the game. I'm like, man, like, what if, you know, our starter or whatever does get hurt? You know, now I got to, you know, like you said, step into the backup role and, and be ready to contribute, um, you know, maybe faster than, you know, people were expecting. So, like you said, you just never know, man. Absolutely. Man, I, I'm, I'm ready anytime. Ray knows. Ray knows I'm ready to spot corner threes. 
Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to I tried to guard Ray and pick up this summer. Hey, Ray Ray looked like an NBA. I mean, shoot, he was an NBA. He was like LeBron at me. It was, it was it got bad. They just kept isolating me, going to him. It was bad. Speaking of, go ahead, Ray. Say it again, Ray. I said, sometimes you just got to let them know. I know, you know, guys like you, you know, <laughs> guys like me sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> man, All right, Nigel, man, speaking through. of the summer, man, it just, it made me think of uh, Amir Ray, man. Amir Ray had some great workouts this summer. Uh, it was, it was a real productive summer in LA for us. Uh, it was a good time, get, good time getting some work in. Man, that's what makes it fun, though. It makes it fun coming to work with people you like to be around. So it was like, it's sure. a, that's a joy for me being able to come to the gym when you guys are in town. Like it's. Yeah, I can't always say that about everybody, but when you make it fun and I mean you want to be there, you want to get better. That's what that's what makes it. I mean, so much so much pleasure for me. Yep. Yep. Okay, Nigel, we're gonna throw you on the hot seat right now. So whatever comes to your mind, yeah, the rapid right. fire, you know it, right? All right, give me the cra- all right, craziest story you had over in Europe. Easily, uh, we walked out of the, the middle of the game. We played Panthinaikos, like one of our biggest rivals. At halftime, our owners came to the locker room and was like, like you know, refs are, refs are being you know unfavorable for you guys, and we're not going to keep doing this. So we're not playing, and we, we literally left at halftime. That's easy. <laughs> Love it. That's straight Europe right there. All right, favorite mindset quote that you live by. Do you have something that you uh, favorite quote yeah, or something you got I in think- your fridge? Hey, Dave, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I touched on it earlier, but uh, my high school coach, he once told me, like, the pain of regret versus the pain of discipline. And, nice. you know, the pain, the pain of regret is always worse than, you know, the pain of, you know, whatever it may be, whether it's getting up early to go to the gym yep. or, you know, sacrificing, you know, something here and there. Um, you know, that, that regret is always worse. So that was one of the best pieces of advice I ever got. A money one, man. I'm going to write that one on my motivational fridge. Okay. <laughs> how about how about uh, when you think of the biggest challenge that you have had to overcome in your life? Is there anything that uh, stands out? Yeah, I think definitely. Uh, you know, going overseas. Uh, yeah. I think a lot of people yeah. would have went over there and kind of settled in, or you know, just been so mad and you know, just not really taking advantage of the opportunity. But for me, it was like just trying to clear my head of you know, kind of the draft night and everything that happened. Uh, you know, after 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 I left school. Um, and then to get back here um, was definitely a grind, but it paid off. How about I'll do one right here, and then Ray, I'm gonna let you scheme one up on on your own to a rapid fire one. I'm putting Ray on the spot right now, man. He's doing this is his first co-hosting with me. Yeah. He's doing an amazing job being able to get this flow and go with these questions when I talk so much. So Ray, you're you're, you're killing it, man. You think of one, and I'm going with. Nigel, what does leaving a legacy mean to you? It doesn't have to mean what everybody thinks it does in the world, but to you, what would it be like 100 years from now, people look back and they're like, man, Nigel Williams-Goss, this is, this is who he was. Um, you know, I would say, I would say uh, two things. One, you touched on it, that I was consistent with who I was as a person, you know, stuck to my morals and my values, you know, on a consistent basis. Um, and then a guy who helped others, you know, I'm really big on, 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 on helping other people and, and trying to see them succeed as well. So uh, those two things to me would be leaving a legacy. Man, that's so good. So good. I got one. Since I'm getting put on the spot, I'm still <laughs> the nurse. So, Nigel, this is a 1%er podcast. Love what it. What does being a 1%er mean to you? Oh, that's classic, Ray. Nice. Man, 
one for center me to me. Um, I would say honestly, honestly, just just being different. Uh, again, I would say uh, another piece of advice I got when I was young was from a guy named Darnell Valentine, um, who played for the Blazers back in the day. Um, and he said, "To be great, you got to be different." You know, that's why there's only a select few that are great. You know, you can't do the same things um, that everyone else is doing, or or everyone would be great. So, uh, to me, a, a one percenter is just being different. That's a really good answer, man. You've hit a lot of a lot of really good points. Being different, relentless, consistency the best the best type of compliment that I think people can get, and I give it to both you guys. Being consistent with who you are and what you do, and knowing your yeah, for sure, man. All right, let let the, the audience know how can they follow you. How can we just know everything, Nigel Williams Goss? Where where do we find everything about you, man? Well, well, one, you're never gonna find everything about me. I, I don't believe. I, 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 think, I think I think I think I think Ray would tell you too. Like I, I don't think everything needs to be shared on, on social media. And stuff, but That's we, a good we, point, we, man. We can get little glimpses here and there. Uh, I'm real big on, on my Instagram, uh, Nigel WG five. Um, is my Instagram um, and my Twitter is the same thing. So uh, Twitter, a little bit more fun, you know, uh, a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, religious tweets, a lot of basketball talk, nothing crazy. Um, and then, you know, my Instagram, you kind of see what I like to do off the court um, as well. So a little bit oh. on Instagram, a little bit on Twitter. Man, I got to start getting on the Twitter file. I got to get back on Twitter. I, I mean, I love your Instagram. You always, you got some yeah, kind yeah. of good meal going or you're not you're Twitter. Some you know, I, it's funny. I had I got away from Twitter and then kind of got back on it. Um, and I, I've enjoyed it. I enjoy it. You see, like I said, you see a lot of quotes, you know. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you get a lot of news and stuff like that. So um, Twitter's a good source of information. All right, man. I'm going to get on there. Hey, hey, going off that point real quick, though, like, well, how, is your, how has your faith helped you just be strong in who you are and not worrying about what others think and just knowing that, like, that you're at the right spot that you need to be at right now and you don't. Like taking worry out of your life, pretty much. Whenever I'm around you, man, like it's just positivity. There's really, I never feel like you're stressed or you're worried. Is that a lot to do with your faith? Yeah, a hundred percent. And I feel like, honestly, I feel like through through some of my toughest times is like when I like feel like I really like grew in my faith. Um, you know, it's real easy. You know, when things are going well, you know, you tend not to pray as much. You tend not to, you know, feel like you need people or, or God as much, but man, you need them all the time. And so that's been one of my biggest things now is like continue to pray, you know, just as much, give thanks just as much, um, you know, throughout the good times and the hard times. But um, again, I, I think for everyone it's different. Uh, again, it kind of comes back to that, to that inner circle. Uh, one of the biggest things about my fiance um obviously she's a great woman but one of the biggest things is you know she's really strong in her faith and it really grew my faith as well and so again having that reminder you know when things are tough hey you know turn it back to your faith turn it back to god pray about it you know ask for it um you know give thanks through the hard times um and you know we all need something to, to get us through when it feels like you know there's no hope or we feel like we're alone you know that's kind of one of the toughest things you, you feel like you're alone but you know we never are so, uh, again, I feel like the faith is huge, but also having those people in your corner um, that remind you, you know, to stay strong through the tough times. Man, that's, so, that's such a good answer. And on that point, too, hey, hey we know it's, it's the good women, the good women behind us that make us who we are, too. So it uh, looks <laughs> like sure. we need to find Ray. For well, sure. <laughs> that's yeah, you got to help, help me out there. <laughs> Get out of here to L.A. and we got you. I got you. Or 
Shoot, Salt Lake and Nigel's got you. Yeah. <laughs> no, we LA, LA, LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was gonna say that's probably the, that's probably the better bet. Probably the better no, bet. LA's a lot of trouble. <laughs> Nigel, man, we appreciate you coming on this podcast. It's the first one me and Ray have done together. It's going to be the first of many that we that we collaborate on and, and have people like yourself, just have people doing doing great things for this world, man. You've got an amazing man. platform. I mean, you've been blessed, and you know you've been blessed, but you give it back, and that's the coolest thing to see. So, you know, we're always here supporting you. Me and Ray are always in your corner, man. We'll be watching tomorrow night when you give CP3 and Shay the business. Man, Ray seemed like a vet. He seemed like he'd been doing this for a while. He's really good, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. nah. He seriously, he he seemed like a vet. I'm I'm telling you, you should have heard my first few podcasts that I did. It was all over the place. I couldn't <laughs> take a question and flow to the next one. Ray's even throwing questions like, "What does a one percenter mean to you?" Like, man, you see that? Off the top. Bringing it, bringing it. I'm sorry. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, but man, I, I appreciate appreciate you guys so much. Obviously, you guys are are you know two two of my favorite people. So appreciate I appreciate you guys having me. And uh, again, it's always love. Big time! Thank you for joining me on the One Percenter Podcast. Hopefully, you took something away from today that you can implement into your own life. Hope you all have a great week. Thank you for supporting the One Percenter Podcast. Go out there and do something for somebody. Change somebody's life. If you change one life, that is leaving a legacy. The rest is gravy on top. Remember, life is a journey. Enjoy it. David Nurse, 1%er Podcast, signing off.